Welcome to the Center for Transformation Institute podcast, where we are uniting with therapists everywhere for personal and professional growth. Your journey starts here at The Place Therapists Grow. Mm. So when I was a little kid, my mom, I thought she was very odd. <laughs> now I realize she is very wise, but she would do this thing where she was befriending people of all walks of life. And sometimes those people, my sister and I viewed as very annoying, right? Or difficult to be around. Uh, she was friends with several people who had intellectual um, difficulties. And um, one woman would get mad at her sometimes and then she would call in the middle of the night and hang up. And then another woman didn't ever wear body odor about deodorant right she never wore deodorant and so if mom would go pick her up and take her somewhere my sister and I would literally stick our heads out the window of the car because it smelled so badly um, another boy that she was friends with a young man um, he had autism and he wanted to always come over to my house and ask me questions about how much cheese I ate that day and he would he was like doing some kind of a charting of cheese e eating for people. It was very interesting. And my mom just treated these people with such dignity and joy. She really interacted with them in a way that made them feel like not less than, like they're human and they're worthy of her time and attention and not like they were were uh, someone that she didn't want to interact with. They felt like they were somebody around her. I don't think I really understood it back then. And especially as I grew to be a teenager, I was really maybe annoyed with my mom about this. But at some point, I started to shift. I think it was later teens and college. I started to shift and I started to understand this very kind. And um, as I've come across the life model curriculum, I'm realizing, hmm, my mom knew more than I thought she did. Um, as, I, as I read the book, Joy Starts Here, I thought, you know, my mom, my mom understood this from a young age. And I think it's because she knew Jesus, you know, and Jesus is a joy starter. Jesus treats others with dignity. And when we know the Lord, we take on the character of Christ, we become like him. So all of that leads me to say that the episode today is going to be focused on uh, one aspect, the first aspect of the first pillar of life model. So if we think about the pillars, um, their first mention in Joy Starts Here, there are three pillars. And if you've looked at our infographic that's going to be sale on sale on our website very soon, um, website is cftinstitute.com. If you look at the pillars, there are three, and they are a multi-generational community, um, relational or brain relational skills, relational brain skills, however you want to say that, and then also a manual presence. Um, and so we are going to be doing some episodes hyper-focused on each of these things, but t today's episode is going to be focused on multi-generational community and the first aspect of that because multi-generational community is a complex concept. And in Joy Starts Here, they talk about multi-generational community being the transformation zone, the place where we actually change, right? And I think as we are embracing the generations, we're also embracing 
um, the multiracial community, right? We're, we're embracing also multi-gender, we're, we're embracing male and female and who we all are as humans, that we're not an us and them, that we're an us, right? And that the humankind it is um, one type of person and that as we love God, we are being transformed into his love for all humans. We are growing in our ability to treat everyone like they are God's child and no one is our enemy. So when we kind of go into that first pillar of multi-generational community and we talk about that first aspect of the first pillar, um, we, are going to, we are going to break down the concept of the weak and the strong living together or doing life together, interacting together, right? Um, so let me just review what all three aspects of that multi-generational community transformation zone are. It's the weak and the strong together and interacting, tender responses to weakness always being the rule, and in the interactive presence of God maintains shalom, maintains peace. So we are going to focus on this idea of the weak and the strong living together in community and interacting. When I tell that story about my mom, when I think about that, I consider the idea that she understood the concept and was, was acting out in that way. Now, my mom was stronger in a lot of ways than some of the people that she would embrace, right? She was stronger maybe intellectually, in her social status, in her, the, you know, her, the way that she looked, those kinds of things, right? But when it came to uh, her value as human, it's all the same. And so I think that gets a little confusing when you say the weak and the strong, because in our culture, we view the term weakness as something that is negative. But it's not. Weakness is a good thing. It's actually when we embrace our weakness, we can be one with Christ. We can be one with God. We actually, in our weakness, He becomes strong. So our weakness is a beautiful thing, but we often in our culture view that strength is better than weakness. And so we end up valuing ourselves when we're strong and we value others more when they're strong. God doesn't view it that way. He views it completely differently. He views us all as valuable and that our weakness or strength doesn't deter have anything to do with determining our value. Now, when we mature and we are stronger, we can have more effectiveness but this is where it gets really confusing for us as Christians, is we think effectiveness equals value. God doesn't view it that way. Of course, effectiveness is a good thing, and I think it's, it's kind of a goal for us, right, as humans to actualize. And as believers, we call that a sanctification process. We want to be sanctified into becoming like Christ. And we're not gonna do that unless we're maturing, unless we're filling in our developmental gaps, unless we're healing from the traumas of our past. So when we consider the weak and the strong together and interacting, we're not going, oh, those poor weak people. You know, We're saying, hey, there's some members of our society who are weak. Sometimes it's because they're young, right? Babies are weak. 
children are weak, they can be exploited very easily because of their weaknesses. Some people have developmental delays or intellectual deficits that makes them weak. Sometimes there's a neurodivergency or another type of mental health concern that makes someone weak. Sometimes it is a, uh, some type of a, a handicap, right, with the physical body that creates a weakness in somebody or a disease that creates that. We all have some weaknesses and some of us, they're worse than others. Sometimes we're born into family systems that do not allow us to grow. I was listening to um, a, a, some type of a, a biography the other day and I was fascinated with someone who was born into a horrific situation. They lived 20 some years and then died. And that was it. That's their life. Um, that is no fault of their own. They were born into a very difficult, dire situation and because of that ended up dying early. That was a weakness they could do nothing about. And I think as humans, we judge other people for weaknesses when in reality, as we mature, we realize people don't have any say in what they're experiencing. Now, do we have an opportunity? Of course, we have an opportunity to grab a hold of the, uh, grab a hold of God and grab a hold of other community members and grow our ability to face our weaknesses and grow them into strengths. Use our strengths to become uh, use our weaknesses um, to and 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 put them into a space of strength. We can definitely do that, but that's not necessarily always happening. And I feel it seems like we're very judgmental of each other because of that. So when we come back to this concept, the weak and the strong together and interacting, what we are considering is that people who are born into more healthy or stable situations where they don't have the same types of deficits are actually interacting with people who are born into very difficult situations and not just for the sake of pity or for the sake of philanthropy, but just because of love, just because we're being like Christ, just because we're seeing in another human their value, just because they exist, not because of what they do, not because of what, how they make us feel, not because of what they look like, not because of what they are going to give back to us. Now that, is some pretty amazing maturity. To be able to sit with someone who may not look beautiful to our eyes, who doesn't have the money or the fame or the nice car or house, who may not be able to hold a strong intellectual conversation, but we can sit with them and see what God sees. We can see them through the eyes of heaven and we can invite them into our community, not just because we're going to the soup kitchen to hand them a bowl of soup, or because we're gonna drop off some Christmas gifts at their house and make ourselves feel good. Not for those reasons, but because they're valuable, they belong. Now, of course, there's times when people are, 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 are not safe for us to be around, and we have to think about that. 
right? Actually, a lot of times the people who aren't safe appear very strong, but that their psychology and, and the, that idea of, of being deceptive and tricking people and um, maybe their narcissism or psychopathology make them not safe for other humans. And so we have to discern that. That is weakness, but we also have to, we have to be tender to our own weaknesses as well and not interact with people who are going to harm us. Yet, we can be wise in the way that we are connecting. In the book, Living from the Heart Jesus Gave You, um, that team of authors talks about the idea of spiritual adoption and what that looks like. And I think that's what this is about. It's the weak and the strong together and interacting, right? It's who in my community is someone who doesn't have a place to belong? Maybe there is a place that they belong, but it's not a healthy space. It's not a space where they're actually able to grow and be seen for who they truly are through the eyes of heaven. When we are the weak and the strong interacting together, what happens is people who have some weaknesses and deficits, when they're seen and enjoyed, truly enjoyed for who they are, it triggers something inside of them that makes them hopeful about who they are, makes them believe in themselves, makes them see themselves outside of the lens of the faulty identity reflection they've been getting, and it makes them see themselves differently. And so as therapists, this is what we want to do for our clients, right? I think I've been in therapeutic communities um, as a professional for almost 20 years now, and I know sometimes we are at fault for talking about our clients in a way of oh this person's just so difficult and especially when it's a certain type of personality disorder or a certain type of diagnosis and i just in the last several years have just felt such a strong conviction about talking or even thinking about people from that lens because that is not the way that god sees things god sees us all as valuable and the fact that I am more excited to see one person on my, um, on my list of clients for the day than I am to see another has to do with my weaknesses. Doesn't have to do with their weaknesses. It's because I'm not strong enough to love well the way that Jesus does. So I hope that for us as therapists, we can take this concept in, the weak and the strong together and interacting, not just in my room on my couch, but also in my neighborhood, at my church, in my children's school, that I'm actually building, Wilder calls it like this, he says, we're building loyalty around weakness. That as gentle protectors, we're coming around people who have weaknesses, and we're, and, we're, and we're being strength for them. And we're saying you matter, you're valuable. There's something about you that's really special. I can see it, even if you can't, and even if nobody else has spoken it. And I'm not just saying this as a benevolent cause, not just as, as my pity. I'm saying it because I've got the spirit of the living God inside of me. And this is what he says to you. And I can feel that love because I am transformed into love because of Christ. So that is the first part, multi-generational community, and we will be following it up at the next episode with uh, the second aspect to multi-generational community. Look forward to talking soon. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of The Place Therapists Grow. We hope you will join us next Monday. To expand your knowledge and continue your growth journey, 
Go to cftinstitute.com and take our assessment. See you next time.